Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Celibate Vegan Compadres. My name is Monique Lukens, along with my compadre and co-host, Chandler Klebs. Yay! (laughs) Oh, you did it well, too. Great. So today we are going to talk about the topic of how the Trump administration is affecting celibacy You're probably thinking the Trump administration is affecting everything, but really it, it usually boils down to celibacy in in the long run. So Chandler, you said to me, well, Monique, you've probably been keeping up with a lot of the politics and whatnot, because you know that I was very behind the Bernie Sanders Raiden movement. I've got to say Chandler, that even though I, I have been getting news articles and listening to the radio and seeing some petitions. I haven't been on top of it as I I usually am because I did have to take a step back because that election, that just like, that took a lot out of me, a lot of time. And I know it took a lot of, out of everyone, including those who didn't even vote. They, mo- most people didn't vote because they they just put their hands up in the air and like was, I don't know what to do, right? Right. That, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so let's start with the, the celibacy um, topic, and I'm sure it'll funnel into the veganism. There was the Women's March that happened. Now, I actually went to the very, very tail end of it and gave a honk because, you know, I believe that we should be speaking out and I didn't have a chance to go. But one of the reasons that I didn't make it a point that I had to be there is because I did so much trying to get people to see that we really were deceived and Bernie was debunked unethically. And why were we going along with the election as planned when we should have fixed what happened in the first place? Now, many of you are talking about Oh, well, the Democrats, the DNC, that's a private business and they can do what they want, even if they were unethical to Bernie. But here's the thing. It wasn't just about that. There was actually election fraud in the primaries and there were votes that were not counted. There were people's parties that weren't listed correctly. There is mass evidence of election fraud and you can Google election justice report and you can find this out and the the state should have been decertified um if this was happening in the particular state now that leads us to corruption after corruption after corruption because we didn't do anything and then we went to the elections and then we went to the electors and then we went to the congress and you know all the way that that was the chain of command even though there was there there was wrongness and and everything and in fact uh people that were voting some people voted twice like the clinton like bill clinton he voted in one capacity where he shouldn't have like been able to vote in another capacity i can't tell you all the specifics right now because that's not what our show is about but if you look at the election justice report you can see a lot of what i'm talking about now we are dealing with the aftermath of this and the Trump administration. And so a lot of the 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 people that were marching um, last weekend, a lot of them were they were Hillary Bullen. Um A lot of them that were marching were for for race reasons, and which all stems down to to women because it was a women's march. Okay, so number one. They're marching because our president, before he, w- before he was president, we heard him say, grab her in the pussy. We heard him say that. And now this man is leading us, okay? This feels unsafe to be in this world, like, as a woman, because he already said that it was okay, and it was just locker room banter and whatnot. And it's not just locker room banter, because... Words have meaning, okay? Now, we see with Trump, he says one thing and he does another. This causes a lot of confusion. So 
now not are only we feeling degraded, but we're feeling confused. Like, what is he going to do? Is he really going to do this? No, he's not. Oh, yes, he changed his mind. Confusion's not good for men or women. Uh, what else are we marching for? We're marching for a, a right to choose for abortion. Now, here's the thing with that. As celibates, we want to just eliminate having abortions okay if i mean if you were celibate you're not going to become pregnant if you're if you're celibate until you're married which is a different different definition that's abstinence then um if you were only going to have intercourse when you were going to have a child then there would be no need for abortion because you'd want that child except if you were going to die in childbirth or there was going to be some disease to that child where, you know, it may not be good for the child to be born. And, of course, that's controversial in, you know, in itself because some people feel that the child should be born, whatnot. I'm not going to get into that. But most women wouldn't have to be marching for pro-life because if celibacy was the norm, then we wouldn't need to have this. Uh, not pro-life, um, pro-choice, we wouldn't have to have this pro-choice be this huge issue, which gets into other female issues. And see, as a celibate, this affects me because I, uh, women's issues are very dear to me because I am one of them. But many times I'll get a petition and it'll talk about women's right to health care. And of course, they put the fact of having an abortion as health care. And I, I can understand why, although to me, it's not my health, but, you know, it's it's in it's along the lines of medical. But I, a lot of times I, I don't know whether or not to sign the petitions. Many times I don't because I really I'm I'm more pro choice unless it's a complete emergency. I'm pro-choice, I mean, I'm, I'm pro-life because I don't want to see any creature go through pain and be eliminated from this earth. It's not our, it's not our um, decision to, to kill someone or, or an animal. It's not. Unless, like, there's an invasion, I'm going to leave all animals alone. Um, and so, how so... How how celibacy or not being celibate affects me as being a woman. I can't I can't join in the efforts of all these women because I don't believe, as the majority believe, in this pro-choice thing. I don't. And then so now I'm disagreeing with like a lot of women, but I do agree on some things. I do think that we should have proper health care. You know, women's health hasn't been put on a pedestal as much as men's health. There is research to this, that men are treated better by doctors than women. Now this is changing, but so we should have access to equal health care. We absolutely should. Um, another thing is as a celibate, and I, I'm kind of swayed on, on both ends by this, is Chandler, did you know that Viagra is covered by insurance, but birth control isn't. Whoa, yeah. See, I wouldn't have known that obviously since I don't, <laughs> I don't have any use for Viagra. But that is a very interesting, weird thing. Now, I completely disagree with that. And even though I don't like birth control, I think it could be more harmful to people. You know, if you are going to have intercourse or whatnot, you know, and you're locked into a committed relationship, preferably under marriage. I mean, I, you know, there were a lot of Irish Catholics. They didn't use birth control because the Catholic Church said you shouldn't and still says that. And then they'd have, you know, seven, eight, ten children. And obviously that's taking a lot of resources that we don't have in this day and age. We really don't. Right? We're, we're overpopulated. We have seven billion people. So 
I'm not completely against birth control, but I'm definitely not pro. I'm not for birth control because I'm a celibate and I know that there's a lot of harm that comes out of birth control. There truly is. Um, but, you know, if I was going to say like, you know, both things, Viagra or birth control, which one should ha should be insured, I would have to go with the birth control because the Viagra, I mean, that that's just like making a guy like have an erection uh, for what? I mean, you know, why, why can't, why can't people just love each other without a guy having to have an erection? I mean, my God, this is like an, this is degrading. Unless the guy wants to have like a child. And most of the time, I'd say if you're in the stages of needing the Viagra, you probably, you know, you're probably best off not having a child. I, I, I'm just saying biologically speaking, and, and I'm being kind of general because I, I shouldn't judge. There might be some guys that really want to have children and they're older or whatnot, or they're younger. And, you know, this is the way to, to do it or not because they can get, they can get sperm and they can, you know, still have, they could do the artificial insemination if you really needed to. But why do that when there's so many children around that are looking for homes, you know, either to be adopted or fostered or, or you don't need more children. Yeah. I agree. I see. I so agree with several things that you're saying here, Monique, because he, here, here's where people get a little bit confused about me and where I, I like to try to clarify these types of things. Um, because, yeah, first of all, like I part of the reason for being celibate, one of the main reasons that I am celibate yeah, which I would be anyway, but even more so is because I can't stand abortion. And obviously, celibacy is the ultimate solution to this abortion problem, and it doesn't require birth control. And, and, and as far as the whole Viagra thing goes, why in the world would anybody take Viagra? I, I, cannot, I cannot even begin to imagine that because it, it, it's sort of like you – because typically – if somebody it, – it, oh, I hate, I hate this whole topic. But if somebody is unable to get an erection, well, first of all, that's a sign that they're having health problems with their blood flow. It could mean they're at risk for a heart attack or a stroke from based on what I've read. So them taking Viagra and that could actually be the very thing that kills those men anyway, even though it gives them an erection. Because they're not dealing with the underlying health problem that's stopping them from getting an erection. But beyond that, I agree with you. We don't need more children. What we need is for people to be celibate and adopt the children who are already here. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, – so really I, I personally think that, yeah, I would rather have the birth control be covered than the Viagra or, or – and actually, but let's be – like about the birth control – it's probably better having a sterilization surgery than constantly paying money for years and years on hormonal birth control pills that are going to give them other health problems. You know, but there's there's always some problem related with these things. And so we see yeah, we're not we're not for or against birth control per se. We're for celibacy. That's what we're for. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I'm not sure if insurance would cover the cost of sterilization. It may. I'm not sure. That would be interesting to look up. Yeah, I think it, I think it would be nice if it did. I think that would be a very interesting thing if it did because, well, at least you can guarantee that these people would not be just procreating like crazy or having abortions if they were allowed to get sterilized. But as we can see from a sexual standpoint, even though we promote celibacy, from a sexual standpoint, it does seem like it's geared more pro-man than pro-woman, right? Yeah, it does. And there, th yeah, there's an inherent difference there between the genders there that is kind of weird. And I don't think that's right. It's not. And so the women, a lot of them, that's why they're marching, because it's not fair. And I believe in some of it, whereas some of it I don't 
agree with. So for me to get into the mix of all that, it's kind of, it defeats my purpose in some ways. Now for me to get into the mix of people that have absolutely no flexibility, like, I mean, I, I don't, I really don't want to pick on them because I think Christianity in its purest sense is awesome. But when politics and this right wing power get into it, that's when it becomes corrupt. So for me to go into something like that and then just march on that end and, um, you know, be just pro-life and um, completely against birth control and, um, I mean, they have nothing to say about the Viagra. How come they don't talk about the Viagra? <laughs> they don't. It's always like against the women kind of stuff. And that's what makes me upset. That's why I don't want to get into that mix. Because even though I am pro-life, you know, except for emergency cases, and even though I'm celibate, except for, you know, I mean, if people really feel that they need to have intercourse within their marriage, then... No, I, I can't stop them, but, you know, I mean, but I, I don't feel that they should have to be made to have 10 children. Well, I, you know, it's just, it's hard for me to get into the mix of, of these issues because I'm always kind of in the minority in a, in a, in a way where I, I don't feel good about it. And I, and I feel like I need my own March Chandler. Oh Yeah. Yeah, see, and Monique, it, it, here's an interesting thing. Speaking of, of marches, there was um, this link that I just sent you. It was about the, the March for Life, which is kind of one of those, those pro-life events. And there's a quote from this article I sent you that I just have to read on this episode as it relates as it relates to Trump and everything that you've been saying, you know, in not just this but previous episodes. Here's what it says. It says, you can call yourself pro-life as much as you want. Garrity said, growing more passionate with each sentence. But if you are keeping refugees out while bombing their countries, if you sec if you are sexually assaulting women and bragging about it, respecting unborn human life is just not enough. <laughs> because, see, the reason I bring this up, Monique, is you know I'm pro-life, but it is too painful to get into that topic because of how emotional I get. But from time to time, I still get things in my Facebook feed and my email about stuff that's going on. And just reading that particular article really cheered me up. Because, and some people were voting for Trump because they believed he was their pro-life hero. That that because they were anti-abortion, that they just they just you know believed um, Trump's empty promises to stop abortion somehow. And unfortunately, I think that's the worst possible thing for the pro-life movement is to act like Trump is pro-life. It's like, oh, man. Oh. And so, I, yeah, I think there's a problem. I mean, because, Monique, there, there's, this is a little bit complicated, and the average person doesn't get it. But, yeah, we want to have respect for life. We don't want abortion to be happening. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we have to all be the Duggars where we have 19 kids and counting because there is a problem. There really is a problem where there's tons of people who are starving, homeless, jobless, disabled, who need to be taken care of. And to the extent that people procreate or, you know, they are taking they are taking resources that could have gone to somebody else who needed it and instead feeding it into some new person that didn't need to exist if the people had just been celibate or sterilized. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I also want to mention, you, you just said about resources and taking it away from someone else. Okay. This is something that many people could think is very selfish, but I don't feel that it is selfish if it's going to be used for humane purposes. I remember telling a former boyfriend that I didn't want to spend the time having 
a child so that, you know, I'm going to have all this time to spend, like, I'm, I'm going to have to teach the child to read and do like all these basic things and whatnot. Because I would feel that that would be my mission. If I was a mother, I definitely would. There's like a nurturing side to me. And I'm not just going to like fling the child off to the wolves or, you know, just learn it in school. Like, I think that that's a good thing to do an early learning thing. And my mother used to read to me and whatnot. And I remember she telling me that I knew my ABCs by age two. And that's pretty young. That's pretty good. But here's the thing. I guess I was so academic that and I put all my efforts into my education and any like activities that I was in after school and whatnot. And oh boy, if I didn't have good parents supporting me and whatnot, I couldn't have done that. And I'm just saying that I excelled academically and whatnot. And I'm the type of person that wants more. I want to go like, I want to go higher, higher, higher. And I feel that when you start getting into children, you have to like teach them all this new stuff and all that new stuff takes time, time away from what you could be doing to do more, uh, advanced work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Monique, I totally get what you're saying. The point is the the energy the effort the time that people spend on their children comes at a great price it comes at the cost of taking away from those parents what their dreams are what they really wanted to be doing i mean it may be there may be somebody that their greatest dream is being a parent the raising a child is their ideal thing that's what i want more than anything else but I don't I don't think everybody's like that. And if people aren't like that, if they want to be an actor or a or a chef or a musician or, or a construction worker or a marine biologist, if they have some other dream that they want to do, my suggestion is that they ought to do that. And being celibate will help them because they will not have a child, meaning they won't have that to worry about. That's right. And um, but because when you're a parent, a child remembers how much time you spend with them. A child remembers the time you spend with them over the money or the things that you give them. You see that in movies, you know. You, you know, you never spent time with me. You know, you see this kind of scripted out, and so, so it's really like the person, if the person is going to be productive and put their time into something else, that person shouldn't be stated that they're selfish, but many times they are, or something is like wrong with them. Or let's not even talk about the, the having children. Let's talk about the sex thing. In one episode, you said that people say, oh, you just, you should just get well, maybe you don't want to get laid. Maybe you want to put your time into other things, and you should be able to do that. Now, look, I do agree, and I said this before, that people need love in some aspect, whether it be hugs and kisses or love gratification for your work or whatnot. People, like, need that. People need positive energy around them in order to excel. That's what I feel, um... So I'm not like against, I'm not against love. I'm just saying that I don't feel that people should say that you're selfish because you don't want to get married or you don't want to have children or you don't want to have intercourse. I personally would like to get married someday, but I, I need my partner to totally be in alignment with like supporting me for what I want to do. Otherwise, it's just going to drag me down. And I don't mean that that person has to do everything that I'm doing, you know, but in some aspect, I would like our worlds to come together such that things can excel instead of decelerate. That's how I want my life to be. And whenever I think like, oh, you know, I mean, it would be nice to adopt or foster, but then I think to myself, that's going to take time away from the things that I'm trying to do, you know, because now I have to care for this other person unless this person wants to be involved in that or whatnot. 
I mean, with the whole refugee, um, refugee plight in place, I, I think to myself, what if I was in a situation where I could foster a refugee child? I guess if, if some, I mean, maybe that would be part of my life plan. Like if there was a child that whose parents were horrendously killed or whatnot, and I could give refuge to like that child. And if the government was paying me to, to take care, you know, maybe I would do something like that. Uh, but to me, that seems like on a greater level than just having my own child. Like there'd be like a real big reason for that. And it would be to bring people together and to like, I, I really feel that our world should be one at this point. I love the fact of having open borders for, for people to be able to travel where they want. Although I know that that's not realistic because people in other cultures, they could have disease, they could have a different outlook on how women should be treated. Like for instance, I b believe I mentioned this before, I worked once, and I'll say the name of it, it was called the Philly Diner in Runnymede, New Jersey, and there was this Colombian cook that pushed me into a table, and he said this twice. He said, what would you do if you... The kitchen was laughing, and I told the manager, who was from Greece, he was laughing. He didn't do anything to help me. Now, I want to mention that, obviously, those cultures, they didn't care as much about women, and that's what you get. Now they're here in America, and they're treating women the way that they would have treated women in their countries. And yeah, I might be generalizing. I know I'm generalizing because not every man in Greece at that time or not every Colombian man is mistreating women. They're not. But they're more patriarchal acting than the, the men in America. They're just not used to it. So, so we need checks and balances before people come in. But if we were all on the same moral playing field, then I see no reason that people can't just come over because the whole world belongs to all of us. Yeah. I See, I agree, Monique. See, here's the deal is I like that idea too, the world living all as one. And here's what I find interesting is I find that every fear that somebody has about having open borders, because if they fear um, – terrorists or diseases from other countries they also they're overlooking something they're also overlooking that you got you got just as many problems with people on the same chunk of land as you as well i mean you could you're just as you you know you're likely to be raped or tortured by someone from your own country and and for, and for at this current time because of the immorality of people i say it's for the benefit of the sake of the rest of the world that that they need to be protected from americans half the time <laughs> you know what i'm saying personally this is true i mean how many of our soldiers have sexually assaulted other people you know in other countries and or um you know their own colleagues for for goodness sake and but that's not just american soldiers that's other you know country soldiers as well i i just saw oh gosh i saw a trailer i just saw some sort of movie or tv show where they were trying to prove a point this guy was like oh i know what it was it's on an episode of orange is the new black and there's a security guard that kills an inmate by accident, but he feels so, so bad. And his colleague is trying to make him feel better, saying, you know, listen, it's an accident. And the colleague starts saying, you know, when I was in, uh, it was Iraq or Afghanistan, um, you know, there was this, uh, you know, I, I had sex with this girl because I knew she was going to be killed by her family anyway, or, you know, so that was it. And he, he and, and, and the guy that he's telling it to is just kind of like, you can see the wheels like turning in his head, like, huh? you know, and, and they just like let it go. But it was so powerful 
like he's making, you know, he's like, yeah, I just, you know, we can't do anything about it. So I had sex with her because, you know, the family's going to die and the family's going to kill her or whatnot. And so, yeah, I mean, it was showing, you know, they were they were satirizing, but something that is that has been true that our soldier, you know, some soldiers have done some, not all. There's a lot of, you know, again, we in this show, we 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 kind of like tend to generalize because we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, a mass amount of people. But we never want to say it's everybody because there are some very respectful soldiers that are trying to keep the peace and trying to protect us. Well, yeah, about the generalization, I, I people accuse me of generalizing too much, and and let's and let's face it, that generalizations are made for a good reason. I mean, there there is a general reason why people have a fear, for example, of lions and tigers and wolves, for example, because there's an expectation that they're going to try to eat them or something, and and I think that based on what we hear about the majority of a certain group doing. We may hear, well, uh, people of this country or this religion do this sort of thing. And it may be true that the majority of people do that. And we're never saying that all people do this. We're not, we're not saying that all French people are trying to rape women or whatever either. Um, but the point is that there are tendencies, there are trends and cultural indoctrinations that happen that we also can't ignore. So we're not trying to lump everybody together, but to a large extent, generalizations tend to be accurate sometimes. Well, yeah, and you said something important, trends. I, I mean, if you're in a certain culture and it's the trend to do something, then you're going to do that. And if you don't, you're either ostracized or you're just considered a minority. Just like us, our society, the trend is to have sexual intercourse inside and outside of marriage. We are celibates. We are in the minority. We're going against the trend. We have been ostracized, you know. So we're not going to go into a different country and people are, you know, people don't have to fear us, but they might fear the rest of the culture or they might think the rest of the culture is easy. For instance, I went to India and I was sexually harassed over there in India. And I was with the tour. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I wouldn't want to go back, to be quite honest with you, even though it was a fascinating country. And there were some great people. And, you know, a lot of them are vegetarian. That's why I went over there. But um, there is like some sort of thinking, some perspective over there that American women are sluts especially the blondes, because they see them in pornography and whatnot, and they think that we're all like that. So the men think that. Um, anyway, what, however you have been raised in your culture and whatnot, that's going to have a huge effect on you. So that's why I can't say that we can just have open borders right now. This is my perspective. I mean, you, you've given yours, and I respect it, but I, I mean, there are certain more diseases than others like that ebola outbreak i mean when P americans were coming back and they just wanted to come into society and then they didn't say anything and then they were giving it to other people or they got sick you can't do that so we need to look logistically speaking and we need to look at how they're treating their own people um mexico for instance <sighs> unfortunately a lot of the people that come over here from Mexico, um, like, well, the gang members, not not your ordinary, uh, not, I don't want to say ordinary, not the non-gang members, but the gang members are into drugs, they're selling it, and they're, they're wreaking havoc, and, you know, they rape, too. So now they make it bad for a lot of Mexicans, which, you know, is a big controversy now, and that's why they want to make the wall. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a perfect example about how then a whole nation gets a bad reputation because of something somebody does. Well, yeah. And and the thing is, unfortunately, sometimes like these people too get into politics, they get into law enforcement like the bad guys. And then it actually wreaks havoc on the good guys. I've seen that in California. 
some of the police, they're actually like affiliated with gang members. And a lot of times they tend to be the Latino males because it's coming from their culture. I mean, come on, let's face it. If you're like first generation American, but you have a connection to your people in Mexico, there, you know, there's going to be something there. Just like I have a connection with people from generations ago from my ancestry. There, there still is like, I kind of feel like, like it, an Italian, I can feel like the, the passion of an Italian that maybe an American doesn't. So, and it's not just that it's like, even if they're not, not related, culturally speaking, if, if bad, you know, if a, if a culture that is misbehaving or whatnot gets into a good culture, it can still have an effect. And I'll, and I'll tell you one thing, since Trump has been elected, I thought to myself, there are a couple instances, I can't even remember exactly, but I'm like, oh, who cares? Like Trump wouldn't care and he got away with it. Like this is going through my mind. Why? Because he's the leader and he has gotten away with it. So why should I be like so compelled to be good when the most powerful person in the world, uh, nothing's happening to him, you know? And look, and look at his wife, Melania. Now there was a time, and there still is, where people are like women. They're so afraid of showing their their chest or whatnot, or having a a sexy picture or whatnot. I don't like the word sexy, but in this case, I'll I'll say it. And it's like, but because they think that they're going to be criticized somewhere down the line if it's shown, you know, for their job or whatnot. But then I think to myself, but look at Melania. She's the first lady. So who get who cares? You know, and, and it's like, so I'm just, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. You know, some of the things, the pictures that she took, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not going to judge either way, but I'm just saying that people do start to influence you. So. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Cause, cause people look at famous people. They do this with movie stars. They do this with politicians. They do this with religious figures and they try to emulate those people as an example. And let's just face it. We don't want people emulating Trump. We really don't. Yeah. So anyway, back to the, so that's what I think. I don't know if we're really ready for the, the open borders because of, you know, the issues, but at some point in humanity, it would be awesome if we could, but for now, I think we do need some, some checks and balances. Now let's go back to the celibacy and the veganism as far as the, the, the political arena is concerned. We have, uh, we have a secretary of education pending here in, in a few days. She can be our new appointee. Her name is Betsy DeVos or Voss. I think it's DeVos. Now <laughs> she was questioned and apparently she, it seems like she has the education of a sixth grader with the amount of accuracy that she could give in her, her responses. Not that she just graduated sixth grade, but what she could actually communicate. Now, Betsy, she is not, she's refusing to commit to upholding Title IX guidance, which would require schools to investigate instances of sexual harassment or violence. She's also ignorant about federal laws protecting students with disabilities and has no experience with student loans. Okay, but let's talk about the sexual harassment and violence. As Chandler and I have said, if the world went celibate, <laughs> we feel that rape would go down to pretty much a zero percent. The only reason that rape would continue if people promoted celibacy are for those people that had such a sex drive that they couldn't control themselves, that they were the rarity. But the, the fact of the matter is because, because sex, sex is so promoted, people want it more. Just like if you eat junk food, you're going to want to eat more junk food. If you don't exercise, you're not going to want to exercise. If you exercise, then you can't wait. Excuse me. You can't wait till the next time. If you eat healthy food, then 
little by little, you just want to eat, you want to keep eating healthy food. I can say being a vegan, I like to eat as much raw as possible. When I start eating cooked, fatty, junk, vegan food, I start getting off the bandwagon. As soon as I start eating the raw, fresh stuff, I start like feeling better, looking better. And I'm like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. But it's it's just with anything. If you keep doing it, you you start of you keep plateauing in that way. So yeah, if we promoted celibacy, there would be definitely less rape. Yeah, Monique, that that's an important point because people's preferences change based on what they do. Their actual desires actually change as they get in the habit of new things, and it's obviously. Because people can be reconditioned, that I agree with you precisely on this thing, that people are conditioned to be far more sexual than they would be otherwise if it weren't for this culture. Well, absolutely. I mean, I don't like bringing up specific members of family, but I think this is a good thing. My mother promoted um, being abstinent until marriage for the longest time, which is why I am you know, why I was pretty much, you know, it was, it was her seed that was planted, you know, and then I went along with it. And, you know, this is, this is what I believe. But now she's at the point where she doesn't think it's like necessary that, I mean, she doesn't advocate it, but she doesn't feel that it's like necessary that you're married, you know, to have, um, relations. And, that's because society has made it like that. It's not because my mom just changed her mind, I don't think. It's because of all, you know, all that's around us. So, I mean, she still feels that people should be married if they have children, but like as far as the sex part, I mean, I see I mean, we're we're to the point where senior citizens have been conditioned to believe that you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, in fact, people in their fifties, sixties, probably even older, there's research stating that they're getting more sexually transmitted diseases than younger people because they're not using proper protection because I guess they think that they can't get pregnant. So they, they with, you know, they, they don't do any birth control, but then they can get diseases. That's a perf- That's a great example, Chandler. Yeah, and, and also basically what you're saying, Monique, is that even these older people who had different ideas, they are being reconditioned by the culture to be more sexual and to no longer even uh, to advocate absence till marriage because the culture has changed them. And people don't realize that they're being changed by the culture all the time, and it's hard to resist it. Absolutely. Now, this particular uh, instance, again, I've said this before, if you love somebody, you love somebody. You can't force somebody to love somebody of the opposite gender. I am not, I'm not pro-gay, like I want everybody homosexual. I don't. Like, I think it's great if men and women are together, but I'm not going to say you have to, so I'm not going to, like, lay down the law that you should be stoned if you're gay. But anyway, there are a lot of people that in the past, oh, it's a bad, bad thing. But look at all those people's minds that have changed. Why? Because culture changed. It's the popular, the popular way of thinking. So even something that could be thought of as a good thing, you know, people aren't bullying or whatnot. You know, it, it, it's like it's only because society shifted, right? So people are influenced by the culture. They are. And see, this is the whole point, Monique. <clears throat> People can change for better or worse. And here, and here's the tricky part of it is that, yeah, unfortunately, this can be go- used for bad, better or worse. And, and also, I would like to mention that people's attitudes on abortion have changed over time because after it became legal, then guess what happened? Then all of a sudden people said, oh, well, it's legal, so it's not immoral. 
So see how the law also has an effect. Not not just what's promoted in popular culture, but the law, when something becomes legal, then all of a sudden people think, oh, well, there's no moral problem with it because it's legal. And so you see how everything that happens affects people. And this this is the important thing, Monique, is that our we – like for example, you know me. I point out that nobody has a free will, meaning they don't just – they can't just choose independently of everything else. There's just no way to do that. Something ca causes people to be the way they are, for better or worse. And what we seek to do, Monique, is we're trying to bring awareness, trying to bring a visibility to this celibacy thing. Now, I know that like there's already been um, some progress in asexuality, people becoming aware uh, uh, that asexuality exists. But that's not even what we're talking about. We're talking about celibacy, it, particularly even lifelong celibacy as the ideal, as a way that is possible for people to do. But they've never considered it because they've never heard it before. And I'm hoping that people can re, be reconditioned for the positive in the sort of the reverse direction of what has been happening for the past decades. Absolutely. And in the case of senior citizens, hmm, I feel they should be able to have intimacy, like if their spouse passes away or, you know, they get divorced. But that doesn't mean that they have to engage in sexual relations. And that's why we're bringing this out, the, the celibacy. Um, and so, yeah. So let's get back to this Trump administration. So if this Betsy is, uh, it, it becomes our secretary of education. And if she doesn't uphold the guideline, the, the, the guidance requiring schools to investigate um, sexual harassment and se sexual violence, that means it's only the police that gets to investigate. And I don't feel that that's right, because those crimes, if you would, they took place on school grounds. And schools are supposed to be a place that is... Um, you know, it's a safe space. <laughs> That's the word, you know, that the millennials have embraced. Safe space. It's supposed to be a place that is safe to learn and to grow. And and so any anywhere a place that promotes itself as being, you know, a, a place that nothing's going to happen to you. Well, if if they're not required to investigate where something did happen then what are we doing? What are we saying? It's not safe to go to school. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Whether or not you're celibate, I, I know that people agree with me that school should be a safe place. And please call or email your representative and state that you are very concerned about inducting this person that doesn't feel that way. Because, you know, again, it really doesn't matter what your sexual orientation or your sexual preference or whatnot, if you're doing it, if you're not doing it, no one wants to be harassed or raped. It's a horrible feeling and, um, and it should be stopped and it should be looked into. Now, unfortunately... There is a rape culture, and, and we didn't used to call it the rape culture, but this has become a term that has been popularized, and, and for, for good, for good reason, because we need to call out the problem. Uh, there were something like 25 women that had accused Trump of mo mostly sexually harass harassing um, or Know, inappropriately touching them. I, I only know one case where there was like a forceful intercourse contact and that person retracted her statement. So I don't know. I really don't know if it happened or not. Maybe she was in fear. I have no idea. But most of what is out there is inappropriate touching or, you know, context of what he said. So we would think that all 25 women backed down because we didn't hear anything anymore. And a lot of the Trump people said, oh, they were liars. 
he said they were liars, which makes me infuriated because when you call 25 women a liar, uh, to me, it's kind of like saying you're all liars if you accuse me and all women are liars. I know that's not what he said, but it's it's just a bitter pill to swallow because you don't want to hear somebody just call just saying liars and and then that's the, that's just that there's no sort of diplomacy there but there is one woman and she came forward about 3 days before the inauguration she was a contestant on the apprentice and you can read her story of what trump did to her and now she has a defamation case with Gloria Allred, who's the most famous attorney for uh, sexual crimes, mainly against women. And the lawsuit st- is, is a defamation case. It's not about the actual harassment or battery, if you would. It's about the fact that he called her a liar, and because he did that, he put her in jeopardy and and hurt her work. So she just wants Trump to take back what he said, which is that she's a liar. And so she said that she didn't want any money if he if he takes it back and you know says that he's she's not a liar. She just wants the truth. Well. Obviously, he hasn't said anything. And what I want to mention is not the fact that he hasn't said anything, because he's more than likely not going to say anything. He's not. He doesn't want to get himself in trouble. But what I want to mention is, I think that there's a certain protection for the president that he he really can't get in trouble right now. I, I don't know what it is, and I, I'd have to like look into it. But if that's the case, shame on the law. Shame on making a man so powerful that during his presidency, he would be unaffected by uh, him disrespecting someone. I mean, shame on the law. That needs to be changed if that's the case. And the second thing is um, the media. They mentioned it for a day and they didn't mention it very much, I'll put it. I'll put it out there, Chandler. They they didn't mention it that much. And now it's completely gone away. Now, what does that say? What does that say to us as celibate, Chandler? Like, I mean, that girl did not do anything to make that happen. She really didn't. I'm not saying if she's celibate or not. She didn't do anything to make it happen. She wasn't flirting with him. She wasn't you know, trying to, like, get one up on him. I mean, she was celibate in the moment. I'll put it that much. She wanted to be celibate with him. Not that she was dating him. I think he was married at the time. What's that say? And then they just sweep it under the rug, and they don't care. Why isn't the media talking about the fact that some people don't want sexuality coming at them? And when they speak out, they're silenced. Why? Yeah, basically because the powers that be want to keep raping women. Basically is what it comes down to. That that well, I can't think of another explanation. It's like and, – and let's face it. There's something else, Monique. If people start actually doing something, if they actually start caring about who's being raped or murdered among the humans, they might even uh, have a problem because then they would have to consider with the non-human animals that are being being raped and murdered all the time in the factory farming industry. And it's like people don't want to confront these evils. I've noticed that more and more – as our society becomes more immoral, as they become more and more harmful, that there's been an increase in this moral relativism that tries to say, well, there is no right or wrong, you know, and every anything goes sort of mentality that's becoming more and more part of American society. And I think that's because people just don't want anyone to stop them from doing these harmful things because they like doing it. I, I think that you've hit the nail on the head. I I really feel that morals have been 
just evaporate it. And so that just allows for more and more things. So, you know, again, it, it, it's a two edged sword because then some people could say, well, what do you expect? You allow, you allow gay marriage, but. Oh man. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. See, here's, here's a thought Monique for a future episode. Um, because I do really need to wrap this one up soon. Um, but for a future episode, we may want to talk about the declining morals of America. What's behind that? You know, because that it sounds like an interesting talk, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, I don't want to, and I didn't want to bring up the gay marriage thing, but I don't feel that that's like a huge problem if two people want to be married and not be, you know, putting themselves out to everyone else and living a life of, you know, sloth or whatnot. So, I, you know, different people have different um ideas of morals but i think that there is one thing that we can all agree on if it's if it's really hurting somebody in particularly directly then that is immoral and sexual harassment and rape they they directly hurt somebody and that just spirals out to everybody else because if it's okay to do it to one then it's okay to do it to anyone unless that person's really protected and you know the people have like a lot of money to like protect them for instance um i think that melania trump is pretty much insulated from being um criminally taken advantage of because her husband is so powerful and whatnot now i will say that some women that have taken like sexualized pictures and whatnot, they actually make themselves more of a target. And it's not right that they're targeted, but some men see it as a way as, oh, well, she doesn't care. She's free. I could do whatever I want to her. Or in the world of prostitution, oh, who cares? Like she sells her body. So I can like F her and then dispose of her. I can even murder her, you know? I mean, let's face it, like some women are more targeted than others and some of them tend to be more in the underground sexual world and people don't seem to care as much because like, well, you know, what did she expect? I mean, that's what she was doing. But in the case of Melania, not saying that she was a prostitute, but, you know, she she modeled and whatnot, like she's completely insulated because there's money and protection around her. And it's just not fair because everyone should equally be protected. And even even she said that her husband shouldn't said that it was inappropriate that, you know, he said grab her in the pussy. Thank God she said that. You know, but I would really like for Melania Trump to speak out on behalf of women because she I kind of think it's her duty, in fact. You know, she comes from a a different country, and at that time, her, I think the women were more, uh, a little bit more submissive, a little bit more gentle and whatnot. I think that she could be a real powerhouse in helping women, but she's got to want to do it. But unfortunately, Trump, he is, he's just so temperamental, and he doesn't want to hear that anything that he has ever said or done is wrong. And that's, that, that, that's what's hurting us. I mean, that's, it's really going to hurt us. He needs, he needs to see that this, this is a new world and women, we don't want to take it. We don't want to be sexually assaulted, battered or harassed. And, and, and so I do agree with the women's March on, on that point, because, um, because we need to make our voice known and we need laws in place that are actually, that are actually, um, uh, honored because unfortunately there's a lot of laws when it comes to sexual assault and harassment that aren't honored. And that goes back to the whole celibate thing. It's real. It's really unfortunate for a celibate that has to be in this whole mix that what that ha- 
<laughs> wants nothing to do with any of it. Yet, you know, we live in this world and um, and it's it's a threatening world. So we need to make it more peaceful and and wrapping it up because I know Chandler is hungry and I I like I devoured four different food items, Chandler, while we did our last shows. I don't know why you didn't. Um, <laughs> I I feel that celibacy is really a really a key answer. And if we could get everybody on board and veganism, because veganism ties in with celibacy, we'd have our our problems practically dropping down to zero. This is what I believe. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, just, and just because people can't accept it doesn't mean it isn't true. I mean, it, it, it would solve just about all the problems. You know, it's like people just are so resistant to this message, but they can't stop us on our podcast at least. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, you go eat your vegan items now. And next time if we talk a long time, I, I say you should eat on the times that I go off and I talk for long periods of time, which I tend to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, um, thank you for listening to celibate vegan and Padres. Um, once again, it's been kind of chaos because once one subject leads to another, um, and I can't remember all we talked about, but I hope something made sense that we talked about and thank you for listening and goodbye.